evening, everyone, and welcome to episode number 47 of the Uncharted Territory podcast. My name is Chad Olson, and I am so excited to be coming to you tonight from Gilbert, Iowa, where it is a lovely, oh, 70 degrees or so. Good evening for some flag football practice, which we had earlier. It's been nice. It's supposed to get hot the next few days and then rain on the weekend. So we'll just see what happens, I guess. Let's uh, go around the room and, and see what this uh, fine assemblage of talent has to say i'm going to start with my friend Stuart lowry out in virginia Stu, how are you i am swell chad does anybody say swell well i just did so i am I I'm doing good. Really, okay good good Corey I says he says it too the kids say swole these days but i think that means something else they do well remember all those uh positive vibes i had for the weather last week just throw those out the window we're back into the 90s somehow uh we just don't seem to want to let uh summer go and it's going to can be or going to continue to be hot for the foreseeable future, and we're just all going to roast in hell in Virginia, and that's the end of it. Okay. But I'm happy to be here. All right, well, that's a positive outlook. How about my baby brother Corey Olson up in Maplewood, Minnesota? I'm doing fine. I'm doing swell. Uh, it is, as I said last week, we're starting to see more autumnal temperatures and, and weather conditions here. Uh, you know, a little bit of humidity to here and there, but as of, as we speak right now, it's about 65 out, nice and nice and cool. And uh, we had uh, some rain last night. I was at our uh, my high school supervising our home soccer game and got rained on a little bit, but we were able to finish the game, no lightning. So, and our team won, both our, our JV and our varsity team both won. So that was exciting. Our varsity team got their second goal. It was, they won two to zero. They got the second goal with 10 seconds left in the game. <laughs> so just kind of put a little put the uh, wrapped up the package and, and finish the game strong. So, but I'm excited to be here with you promoters tonight to talk some champions. So are you like the assistant to the athletic director? We, we uh, teachers take turns uh, supervising home events the, in the season. Gotcha. We're not coaching. So since I don't gotcha. coach in the fall, we're expected to supervise one or two games in the fall season. So. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. And uh, finally, last but certainly not least, our friend Tim Dalton in Buffalo, New York. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing well, Chad. Uh, excited to be here tonight. Got a good topic, I think, to talk about. Uh, we did a little pre-talk here about uh, you know some upcoming legend stuff, but we're we're going to be talking champions tonight. Uh, warm day today, about 85 degrees, with a little bit of humidity. And uh, uh, supposedly gonna gonna rain a lot tomorrow, and uh, then then get a little bit more into 70s and a little bit more a uh, uh, little bit more hospitable for doing stuff. So I'm looking forward to that, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, ready to rock and roll for for tonight. All right. Our, before we get started in our topic, does anybody have anything? burning on their mind that they need to discuss right now anything wrestling related anything related tim's getting more hole in ones did we talk about your last hole in one last time i don't i don't think we did yeah tim got a hole in one for his birthday yeah so uh i was i was out of park golf on my birthday and got my 12th hole in one and also in the same round shot a 47 which is my uh, all-time low score and one off the course record of 46 so man was a uh, was a good uh labor day slash birthday 
And then I, I went and stopped on the way home and got five guys uh, uh, and and uh, uh, a burger. Not not you didn't pick up five. I, dudes, I, I, right? I, no, I, I picked up five guys. Oh, OK. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just a party from there. Uh, no, I, I actually, yeah, I went, I, I stopped at Five Guys Burgers and, and uh, tried to give myself a heart attack uh, with a with a burger and fries. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was, that went well. But yeah, it was, uh, it was nice to be out there. It's always uh, fun playing park golf. So yeah, it was nice, nice to do that on my birthday. All right. Very good. Well, happy belated birthday and congratulations again. Stuart or Corey, you got anything? Nothing, Chad. All I'm, right. uh, I'm, I'm empty of any real thought. Okay. Can't, can't think of anything right now. <laughs> well, what else is new, Stu? But we'll keep moving <laughs> on. I, I will have one thing that our roving reporters, Dale and Chris Olson, Corey and our, my parents, uh, announced that they saw on, uh, it was either Good Morning America or ABC News, uh, World News, whatever, that the Minskoff Theater uh yeah. from our, our good dear friend steve minskoff his family's theater reopened to the lion king on broadway or off broadway or near broadway i don't know tim it's, where it's, is it? it it's it's right on broadway it's on eleven e. you take that to get to yeah broadway? yeah you get on eleven e. Uh, okay but yeah it's it, it's on broadway and uh yeah the lion king's been running there forever so now it's reopened for covid so Yep. or not for covid reopened <laughs> come on in that's a, that's all a the covid plan buy one <laughs> get one covid free holy shit yeah. that went down the tubes get, get bit by a lion get get covid oh my god <laughs> anyways so wow. yeah in, in it opened in spite of the pandemic we'll say yeah. that yeah um so but uh yep that that brought a smile to my face and you know made me remember uh our friend Steve Minskoff. So um, for, on the uh, Phil Singer games release front, and we certainly don't do this as good as our friend, Grandpa Choco, who the other day on his podcast ruminated if he should not cover the new news of products anymore because so many other places did. And I said, Grant, you should cover all the products on your podcast because really it's the fans' opinions that counts. And right. I, I really like his, his reviews of things. So he does a good job, far better than we do. Yeah, um, well, yeah, that's yeah. not saying much. No, no. <laughs> so the bar is low in terms yeah. of new releases. We have Urchin, who looks like a like uh Brian Danielson and Moondog maybe had a baby. And uh, no, it's a guy, I mean, he looks like at first I'm like, oh, he looks like Brian Danielson. I'm like, except he's giant and he's ripped, yeah. he looks kind of cool. So, mm -hmm. very excited about the future sh shock set. I talked to Mike today and it looks very promising, guys. Any thoughts on Urchin? I think he looks cool. I think the artwork looks looks awesome. I'm really intrigued by the story. They talk about him being a street fighter and growing up on the streets and all this. So, um, but they also kind of put something in the announcement about well, he does have some skills too. You know, not just a brawler. So, I'm interested to see how Mike puts that card together and learn more about Mr. Urchin. I I, I don't think there's been a bad note yet uh, in terms of uh, everything that I've seen from the CWF set looks really strong i mean every character that's been released i've kind of been psyched for and i am really looking forward to this set i think uh what mike has been doing with the cwf is, is strong overall period and this set just looks to continue in that same vein really really excited for it all right tim any thoughts have you seen urchin i've, I've seen the drawing yeah I, I saw the announcement on the board i don't really uh 
uh, you know, play the play the the Fed, but uh, but it looks pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know, the drawings have, have looked good. The characters all seem like they got some good backstory. So, uh, yeah, sounds good so far. Um, and then Friday night they had an announcement that Nick Gage is going to be a special edition for the Deathmatch set. So that's pretty exciting. He's definitely a a big name in that genre of uh, wrestling. I started watching the Dark Side of the Ring with him on it the other day to. And I, I asked, I lasted about eight minutes. I'm like, nah, this isn't for me. So, but I know that people will be excited and, you know, want to have him fight Abdullah or, or Luthez or Fabulous Moolah or anyone that they can certainly come up with. I don't know. I'm just throwing out names. I'm an ideas guy. You know that. Yeah, the that's, Fabulous that's Moolah, idea. Fabulous Moolah on a, fabulous Moolah <laughs> on a pole. Yeah. On a, <laughs> I don't know. It's a good good get for the game. Absolutely. It was about a month ago. He was main eventing AEW with Chris Jericho. So he's got some cachet in that world. Um, So, yeah, I I applaud Zeke and Tournament Master working collaboratively, if I can get that word out, uh, to get Nick Gage signed. I think that's a good get. Yeah, yeah, I know Zeke's been working on that one for a while because he said he talked to him quite a while. I mean, he told me he initially talked to him you know, months ago and, and they continued to link him up to Todd and got something figured out. So Corey. Yeah. I mean, great work Zeke and Todd and very timely as, as Stu said, just coming off of national television and, um, and yeah, we're going to do a death match set. I mean, what greater name to headline than, than Nick F and Gage and, and is, is, I know uh, that'll get Corey. us weak. Yeah. Yeah. Corey. Um, Explicit's uh, coming. Corey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. We Watch get out kicked out of, thailand or wherever we yeah. get kicked out of anyway uh, <laughs> no it's great to have nick and his brother is going to be in the game too so yeah great great timing and uh really glad for you deathmatch fans that you get uh, one of the top deathmatch stars in this set tim any thoughts about nick gage you know not my cup of tea uh to be honest but i mean if you're like everybody said you know just the timing is great and if 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 that's your niche and you, you like it, I mean, he's the dude. So, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's a definitely a good, good person to have in the set. All right. Very good. So next we're going to roll into our topic for today. We're going to talk about some of the greatest champions in our champions of the galaxy era promotions. And uh, we're going to start this week with the top five greatest singles champions in our champions of the galaxy's histories. How about Stuart? You thought of this. How about you go first with your with number five? Sure, Chad. My number five. I, I separate my Champions of the Galaxy playing into kind of two parts. Uh, the part where I was playing a traditional Fed, and then the part where I just playing these individual career title tours, if you will, with uh, wrestlers. So. My number five is a little bit different than probably <clears throat> some people have, because I think some people probably have this guy number one, but he was the greatest star to come out of my, let's call it traditional era, if you will. He was an 11 time GWF champion, which means he lost the belt 10 times, which is hard to fathom why he did that. But um, 11 time GWF champion, I think he did win one interplanetary champion towards the end of his career. That would be chaos. Um, I never got into, or let me back up. I got into kind of the big guy wrestling there for a little while, certainly when I was 
playing the first editions of Champions of the Galaxy. Uh, for whatever reason, can't get into the big guys as much now. I like more of the uh, smaller wrestlers, if you will. But Chaos did intrigue me, and the guy just kept winning the belt. And, and when I kept uh, records in terms of length of reign, not defenses, uh, he did have a 40-plus. I, I, I couldn't find my records, or better put, I didn't want to find my records because they're buried from my old Fed. I know he had a 40-plus card reign where he held the uh, GWF heavyweight title. So that's a pretty long reign. I don't know how many defenses he had in that particular reign. But the guy was uh, pretty darn tough to beat. I, like I said, I'm amazed he lost the belt 10 times. Uh, and he did have one incredible loss to Ursa Major one time. I remember that. I don't know how that happened. It was just a jobber match that I was trying to schedule, and he managed to lose that. So... The, the yeah. original Ursa Major or the, the no, Civil I think War? No, I, I think it was the Civil War era. Okay. Just oh, wanted to check. Uh, that's, that's allowed. <laughs> yeah. Still, it was embarrassing for chaos. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he would be my number five greatest champion of my traditional era, if you will, and uh, uh, was a fun character to use. All right. Tim, what do you got? So I want to just give a quick overview of my fed so people know where i'm coming from here so my gwf fed ran for 398 cards um it ended i think i ended around 2107 or 2109 uh there were only 13 wrestlers who ever held my gwf title some of them had multiple reigns but only 13 13 guys held it uh 31 wrestlers held my interplanetary and 34 held my special matches title I didn't go into the TV title. That was for like, uh, you know, undercard guys. So um, my honorable mentions would be uh, uh, Star Warrior, Bounty Hunter, and Alpha Force, who were really close to being my number five guy. Um, but I gave my number five to Justice. He was a, a three-time GWF champion, held the belt for a combined 29 cards, a two-time interplanetary champ for, for a total of nine cards, and a two-time special matches champ for 16 cards and as i've mentioned in the past had probably the most memorable match in my feds history uh in the barbed wire cage with spike so justice uh both light and dark combined uh my number five all right very good Corey. so since tim did a little history i'll just do a quick of mine um so <laughs> card by card Corey. every single one well wait i had a question for you tim in your and your 398 cards, how many of those were you wearing pants? At Tim, least 13. Tim, Tim Dalton, not known for wearing pants while he plays there. Little little behind the scenes scoop, friends. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> I derailed that. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I just did a quick, I don't have all of my results here. I have them in notebooks and they're at our parents' house. Um, I have some files saved of like title histories and super cards um, in on my computer. And one of my last super cards I did for GWF was labeled card number 566. And I know I did a few cards after that. Holy crap. And, well, this is, so this is going from 1994 to about 2005. And um, yeah, I know it's a lot. And uh, so I, I had a few cards past that, that I could find, but that's about the time I stopped. It was, was about mid or, or summer 2005. Um, and so I've got one honorable mention as I looked at that history Kind of that end history, I'm, I'm a little blurry on, but 
Um, one honorable mention, I think he would have gone farther had I kept playing at that time, and that was uh, Uratar. He was a two-time GWF champion, had a uh, um, uh, about a four or five-month uh, reign, which was at that time, given how tough cards had gotten, um, that was impressive. And I think I talked about this on the discussion board. Um, he once won a, an elimination cosmic cage match. He was down, it was four to one, and he eliminated all four other guys. <laughs> Uh, so I just, I always got into that character once he unmasked from being code enforcer, you know, just a, you know, technical wrestler. You didn't really need a gimmick, kind of a Dean Malenko type. And uh, I, I would be interested to see how, what he would have done in my Fed's history, you know, had I kept playing beyond there. Uh, but my official number five, I'm going to go with, with Stu's pick too in chaos. Um, he had a big debut when he came in for me, he was pushed strong. He won uh, his first Galaxian title at the end of the year at my Galacticade big supercard. Um, and had ended up having five reigns altogether, um, including one with his uh, weaker card after the Alpha Stone was dropped. Um, so, and then, and longest reign was about four or five months. So, it was never a, a strong dominant champion like, like he was for Stu, but, you know, just a, a regular main eventer. Um, you know, I, I'd have to go back and look as far as win loss record overall and things like that. But he, he always did well for me. I got into him. I always kind of saw him as Vader, you know, who was about that time when I was playing was kind of on the tail end of his WCW push before going to WWF. Um, you know, I just saw him as like a similar style, big powerhouse, just beat the crap out of you. And, um, yeah, I, so that was, that's my number five is chaos. All right. Well, my number five, and I guess I'll give the brief history of when I quit playing. Um, I stopped playing, uh, during the end 22 years ago 22 years ago yeah whenever the end was was done like my my fed is still in centra so i i do have an angle where i could bring in mike's guys and then just kind of meet up from there and take off but do it baby nice the table is set for you yeah there you go book it so but i think for my my honorable mentions would probably be uh pegasus and uh nefaris those are both good guys for me um vigilante actually had a pretty decent singles galaxian title run for me um but my number five probably the 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 latest guy that you're gonna find for me in this is uh janus the overman uh he did really good for me he was a heavyweight champion a couple times and i just really like that character and he actually had this really good singles food feud with nefaris try saying that three times fast and really really enjoyed that character and i kind of like what seeing seeing what rob does with his um with his sons in in the chronos stuff so that that's kind of cool to see so number five for me would be janus all right uh let's see number four Stu. All right, and I forgot to mention my honorable mentions uh, would have been Pegasus and Alpha Force, just outside the top five, for posterity's sake. Uh, number four for me is uh, in clocking in with two world championship reigns and 81 total defenses would be Endgame. Uh, Endgame, to me, has always been a very Hulk Hogan-esque uh, wrestler. Even when he had his heel turned by Tom, I didn't turn him, I just... Figured he had a little bit of an edge to him at that particular time. Um, and I just have always looked at him as uh, Hulk Hogan of the 80s. And I, I think I always will, 
even to pictured him in the yellow boots and tights. Uh, he's had great feuds. Uh, only now scratching the surface, though, with uh, uh, the feud with Monolith. Uh, I really want to take Endgame on a long run of matches to see how he does against Monolith, against Aether and Overmaster, and against Shane, uh, some of the more modern characters, and see how he stacks up. Because um, the, the few matches that I've had with Monolith have been pretty fun. Uh, just two guys beating the living snot out of each other. So I think that's going to be fun if I let that go go for a while and see how Endgame does. He's had a long-standing feud with Godson, and uh, he's always entertained. I haven't I haven't played a bunch with Endgame recently, but again, I'm I'm trying to amend that by getting him involved with some of the more modern guys coming up. So Endgame clocks in at number four for me. Tim. Okay, so. Um... So my number four is somebody that only had one GWF title reign, but it's my longest GWF title reign ever, 58 cards. Uh, he was also a one-time interplanetary champ, held for three cards, and I had done a, a, a group called Colby's Absolute Sports Heroes Cash. is uh, uh, like a split-off fed. And uh, he held the title for four cards, but that he was the champion when the promotion folded. Uh, or when I got bored and stopped playing. And uh, so my number four is Colossus. Um, so my number four would probably be maybe a little unexpected or unorthodox for some, but uh, I built a promotion around him, a separate secondary promotion. Um, after this, the first sudden death tournament, um, I had, as I've said before, I've kind of bought some of the sets ahead so I kind of could read ahead about what was upcoming. And um, he was a, a champion in that fed. He was a champion in my CPC and a three-time champion in the GWF. And that's Terminus. Um, I started the, um, the AFW as my secondary fed with some of the banished sudden death guys, some of the classics guys, some bootlegs. And him as the top star. And he won the first tournament um, and held the title for about 15 months in his first reign. Um, won it back later on, and then he was actually the last champion. So what I did is when the end came and when Cordanus banned wrestling, um, obviously the AFW shut down. And then I transitioned and did the CPC as my secondary fed going underground first. And then after wrestling came back, um, just became my, my primary second or my, my, my main secondary fed. And so, um, and so, yeah, he held titles in all three of those feds. And uh, just had a really good run for me with both of both of his cards, and just always liked that character. You know, I know, know that um, Janus, the Overman, was supposed to be the the champion from the other Fed, and um, but I, I liked that Terminus. You actually had the belt on his picture uh, on his card, and agreed. Um, as we've we've talked about, you know, with like using the paper title belts that were in either the Super Reporter that other promoters have made. I made a copy of Terminus's card, cut out that AFW belt from the card, and then as, as he lost it. You know, put the belt on the other wrestlers. So, uh, so that was the the official AFW championship belt. <laughs> so that, that second card of his, I love, but he he just wasn't stable enough on offense. I mean, he just couldn't keep it when he got to level three. I I remember that about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he still did well for me, but given how well the first card did, it wasn't quite the same level. Yeah. So that terminus, my number four. I didn't remember him getting a second card. He did. Um, yep. Okay. Oh, was that in the CPC? Yeah, and he had two title belts on that on that card. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming back to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my number four would be the Matador of M83. He was a 
a five-time Galaxian champion, a three-time interplanetary champion. It was just always, always in the mix um, and, you know, defeated guys like Thantos and Alpha Force for his titles, had a good feud with um, Lord Nexus, who may show up later in my rankings. Um, dun, dun, dun. And um, I, I just, I just love that character. And, you know, when Tom did the the revised artwork for him and the best of set with the face forward, oh my gosh, that was, that was a fantastic drawing and just brought back a lot of cool memories. So always, always enjoyed the Matador. I agree with that. All right. Three spot. Three spot for me, uh, arguably, well, the next three are my three favorites. So let's just call them 1A, 1B, 1C. Uh, my favorite characters in all of COTG dumb. Clocking in with five World Heavyweight Championship reigns, five GWF World Heavyweight Championship reigns, and 91 total defenses. Perfect specimen. Um, of the modern cards, he has been my favorite. Uh, he just clicked with me right when I saw the drawing. I mean, to me, he was the rock, and I guess I'm a little bit of a rock mark or became one at one particular time. And he just oozed that kind of attitude and charisma, and I ran with him and have never looked back. He has had uh, fantastic feuds against Godsend, uh, against Pegasus. I, Pegasus, to me, was a heel uh, in a very Ric Flair-like fashion, or he became that way. And he's just always a fun character to use. I've had multiple times where I've run a series of matches with him and just had a really good time with Perfect Specimen, so... He, he never gets old to me, that particular, that particular character, and I, I doubt he ever will. Um, love both drawings. Love the first card. Love the second card. Um, just, you know, one of my favorite characters of all time. So Perfect Specimen is in at number three for me. Well, for, for my third guy, um, you know, as someone who just kind of said he's not really into the deathmatch stuff and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I've, I've got somebody who never held my Galaxian title but who was an interplanetary champ three times uh, and held the belts for combined 25 cards and was my dominant special matches champion uh, holding the title four times, the only person ever hold it four times and uh, for a combined total of 80 cards, which is tough when you're talking about, you know, all the wacky matches that you've got out there. He, uh, he's, he clocks in, he's got the most cards ever as a singles champion in the fed and that would be mayhem oh wow and um uh Great so character. yeah I, I i struggled with putting someone third that had never held the gw title but he became in fed and those special matches title matches were were huge and and it was he was just such a big part of what i had going on um and he was always in the mix. He, he got title shots for the, the big belt, but never quite could win it. Um, but yeah, so Mayhem is my number three. And, and like I said, just he was he was always a, a main event guy um, and, and even had some success in, in tag teams as well. But uh, um, yeah, he, he was always one of those guys. I, I love the card and uh, he, he just had so much success for me. And what you would think would be his specialty anyway. So I, I think that worked out really well. Were any of those specialty special matches titled against Wolf, I'm assuming, or 
Oh yeah, Wolf, Wolf held the title three times. Okay. Um, and I think a couple other people. I think Death's Head might have held it three times. But uh, yeah, there were there were a lot of really good good matches, and one of the more memorable upsets was that that Mayhem lost the title to Mutant in a in a torture chamber. And I'm like, how the hell did Mutant pin this guy three times? Um, but you know, things happen. So. Uh, uh, but yeah, mayhem was was it. He was he was the dude in the the special matches world for me. Cool. Well, speaking of uh, brawler types, my number three is uh, somebody that might be number one on some people's list, and that's Wolf. Um, you know, I never got into him as much as a character, but as I look back at the just the title histories, I'm like, well, I got to put him up there. He's he had um, the most Galaxian title reigns with seven. And of course, you know, given how long Tom has kept him in the game and everything, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Um, you know, never had a, a really long title reign for any of those. Um, but as I, as again, as I look back towards my time of actively playing, um, and this, I was trying to think of the game set years because I did my my years a little bit differently than Tom's official uh, game years because I kind of rushed and brought in a lot of the sets in a one calendar year. Uh, but it was sometime it was after the the end and after coming back from Centra, uh, so sometime in, in that time frame. But anyway, but Wolf did have a, a title reign. Um, his his seventh title reign was the second to last reign. He lost it to Thunder, uh, so Thunder was my last recorded champion before I stopped playing. And um, yeah, he was just always obviously always around, always part of the mix. You know, I usually had him more at that like interplanetary or, or special matches. I called it Brass Knucks level um or fighting for those titles but you know of course he'd get in there and challenge for the big one too we beat chaos for his sixth reign and that was later in both guys careers so um he had one one reign with his 2086 classics card which if you remember that one that was quite a bit weaker than than the later cards but of course with fewer guys you know easy to compete with that so um having that the face clause the add one move really helped him and in uh, matches, you know, when, when add ones were not a common feature. So, yeah, you know, as I said, I, I didn't get into the character as much as some other guys, but um, I can't, can't deny his success in my fed. My number three is probably number one in some people's like, like Corey mentioned, it might be, um, and that's Thantos. Um, he was a six time Galaxian champion for me, four time interplanetary champion and, you know, just a, a really strong guy. Um, but kind of in the early days of my fed, he didn't do as much. And I think that's what kind of places him down for me. He wasn't, uh, my, my one and two were the finalists in my initial, uh, heavyweight championship tournament. So, um, Thantos, Thantos lost in the semis. So maybe this is just how the brackets are shaken out. So, um, but I mean, he was a great character and I think Tom, maybe more than anyone did so much to build his story arc with his, uh, you know, switch back to a, a hero later in his career. And then that classics 2079 set where you found out about him as cosmos and just how it really humanized him and, you know, learning about how he got the scar on his face and all that was a really um, broad and vivid character arc that Tom built for, for Thantos and, uh, just classic character, you know, one of the best piece of artwork I think you could ever see in the game. So I'm going to go with Santos. My number two is, uh, you know, I, he probably is my favorite card ever. Uh, 
And there's a significant jump in the amount of defenses from uh, number three to number two. Perfect Specimen had 91 total or has 91 total career defenses of the world belt. And this particular wrestle has 125 uh, total defenses of the GWF World Championship uh, to go along with six total world championship reigns, and that is Omega. Uh, love Omega. That 2079 uh, Classics card, there is magic in that card for me. Uh, the, the wrestler hardly ever loses. I've had some notable feuds. Uh, Godson, Thantos uh, come to mind immediately. Godson has been feuding with the Omega family ever since Godson had a card. So that feud has been going on for years for me. Uh, but I just, I love that character. Uh, he's certainly a, an archetype of some classic wrestling characters or classic wrestling. Uh, what am I trying to say? Archetypes is what I'm trying to say. I think I butchered that. Uh, but he's an amalgamation of those. Uh, and is always appealed to me. And when I got the classic set, I mean, when I was running a traditional Fed, I really didn't use the, the card and glad I have found a way to incorporate it. I will say that the new card, he has a plus four finisher on his, uh, as his main finisher, but the Cosmic War Dance not being on there as a double finisher, that particular color card is much as I really like the new color card and will love it to tell you the truth because he's a favorite character. It's not winning at the rate that the uh, 2079 Classics card was winning. So I may have to go back to that uh, original 2079 card for future matches with Omega because uh, I'd like to see him win and having those double finishers uh, certainly proved to be quite potent for that card. Just an interesting tidbit. I don't have a huge sample size for the uh, color Omega card, but I've found that to be the case so far. So Omega's in at number two for me. All right, very good. So for number two, um, I went with Thantos. He was my first GWF champion uh, and, and kicked everything off great. He held the belt for 40 cards uh, before he lost it eventually to Massif and then regained it uh, from Massif and held it for another 17. Um, and so he's a, he's a two-time champion, GWF champion with 57 total card reign. Um, he's one of only five guys that have had multiple reigns as GWF champ. And when I did a restart and uh, was playing recently uh, and started started over back at, with the the uh, the original set, he actually had a 64 card reign. He was my initial champ and and held about 64 cards. So, um, but although that isn't kind of encompassed in this uh, you know in this ranking, but I mean just to show what what kind of a, a, a stud he was early in the, the the game's history and he had an interplanetary title run too for for a, a measly three cards but he was <laughs> kind of the uh he, he was kind of the guy early on mm -hmm. that uh that really kind of set the tone for my fed and got me off to a great start really legitimized having that title and holding it for so long and uh so so fantos is in at number two for me so my number two is um, Star Warrior, who held 10 Galaxian titles, the most of anyone in my Fed's history. And the last one coming when he had his kind of downgraded tag team card later in his career, but he kind of got one last shot when Terminus was the champion and he beat him. And 
only held it for a little while then chaos beat him um but warrior was always in there but he didn't have a lot of super long reigns i think that's why i kind of put somebody else ahead of him and um but you know he he was your your classic good guy wrestler and kind of that high flying offense and stuff and um you know obviously got even better when he started using that cosmic big bang and had his big upgrade in 2090 um so yeah star warrior at number two for me uh my number two was same as tim and that was santos um he so as i've said before you know i started with the classics 2079 and 86 sets and so when i started bringing in the original the 2087 guys um santos right away he had done the the heel turn with breaking the galaxine code getting the scar and got a shot at the champion and uh, won the title. And so right away, it was that, you know, new era has dawned sort of feeling. And uh, um, he had six total title reigns. Um, you know, none of them were, were super long. Um, and his, his sixth reign actually came with his um, downgraded card when he became a babyface again. So he got, got kind of that one last run as well. And um, yeah, I just always, always loved the character. Um, as Chad described, the artwork is, is cool. And and having being able to play out the um, transition from Cosmos to Thantos and getting the scar and everything, um, I don't think I appreciated it as much then when I was first playing. But looking back, it's like, man, that was I that was really cool that I got to do that. So yeah, Thantos number two. Excellent. So now we're uh, going to our number one picks, and I will say Thantos. I have not done a whole lot of. Uh, a whole lot of with him in my current career replay model, but I, I will because he is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, but my number one, uh, there was a 34 title differential, title defense differential between two and three. There is a 44 career title defense differential between my number one and number two. And I've already mentioned him. He clocks in with 169 world title defenses, six title reigns, godsend. Um, Godsend to me is the, is the greatest villain in my GWF history, greatest heel. I ignore all the cosmic parts about him. I, to me, he's simply a platinum blonde, blonde, arrogant heel. He is Ric Flair in my fed. Uh, in fact, I, I tend to view him uh, moving around the ring like Ric Flair. Uh, he, he is just a Flair-like heel to me, uh, and he... He works quite well. I've never lost interest in that character. As I mentioned with Omega, he has feuded with the Omega family for literally years. He's also ramped up a pretty good feud with Lord Nexus and Cyan Nexus as of late, and has had a very good feud with Perfect Specimen as well. He's always interesting, always entertaining. Uh, I, I can't remember a, a dull match of his that I've had that I, I couldn't in my head view an entertaining outcome. And he, he never ceases to entertain me, which is I am the booker, owner, and audience is quite important or I'm not, or I'm not use the character. And um, he is by far my most successful wrestler in my GWF history. And unless Omega can catch him and maybe he will eventually, uh, it's gonna remain that way for a while. So godsend at number one. Which version do you use, Stu? Most of the time, I have used the black and white version, the second version that came, not his 2115, but the one that came with um, Ace. Ace, Ace. I have used some of the color versions as of late, but there is absolute, like there's magic to me in that 2079 Omega card. There's also magic in that 
second uh, black and white godsend card. I mean, I, I've had so many matches where it looks like he was down for the count and he comes back to win. It's just amazing to me. So mostly I've used the second black and white. Some might say there's literally magic in that godsend <laughs> card, depending on your belief system. There you go. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so for my number one, um, pretty much from the minute this guy hit my fed, he, he just dominated. He held the GWF title six times for a combined total of 103 cards. I, I don't have my old records with me, but I believe at one point he had like a 33 or 34 match undefeated streak where, you know, he didn't lose by DQ. He didn't lose by Kana. He was just steamrolled everybody. And that's chaos. He was the guy, uh, you know, from shortly after he set foot in, in the Fed and he just beat the holy hell out of everybody. And uh, he was clearly the most dominant champion uh, that, that I ever had when I, when I was playing my GWF uh, Fed. So, so chaos is gonna, gonna come in at number one for me. So I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, see what, what everybody else has to say. So Stu kind of stole some of my thunder, uh, but my number one was Omega, uh, the 2079 card. As I talked about with Thantos, I played out the classics 2079 and 2086 uh, sets uh, to start when I played GWF. Uh, Omega was my second Galaxian champion overall and held it twice altogether. Um, his second reign was a 30-card reign, which is the longest Galaxian title reign. Not necessarily 30 defenses. He wasn't defending at every card. But still, at that time, you know, I'm 13 years old. I was playing a lot. And for him to hold on to it that long was just really impressive. When I first started playing, I was playing pretty much the basic rules, uh, with the exception of the finisher ratings and the lower pin rating. Um, uh, but I didn't use the choice charts. I didn't uh, use the agility power reversals. Um, but at that time, Omega, that card had no agility or power reversals, and I always admired that about him. I think that was Tom's plan to just have that one guy who is so good he could out-wrestle pretty much everybody. Uh, but I wonder, looking back, how much more dominant he would have been at that time had I incorporated those into his matches. Um, but he uh, lost the title uh, in his second reign, and for the last time he lost it to Thantos, when Thantos, right after Thantos had turned heel, or Cosmos had become Thantos. And it was, the, like I said, kind of the beginning of a new era then. Um, after that, I switched over to Omega's 2087 card, which was a big downgrade, but it just was the right time to do it. And, um, you know, I like uh, Stu mentioned with the color card release this year, Galacticon, I was really excited that Mike and Rob uh, chose, chose that character to release. I was a little bummed, too, that he didn't have the two finishers anymore. So he used to just rack up fatigue tokens on his opponents with those two. But uh, it was a great drawing, and I'm glad he got, got to be represented in color. And he, while he's a big part of my Fed's history, it's a small chapter, really, because he was not around for that many months. And, um, you know, it was just kind of sad in a sense. But still, definitely a big part of my Fed's history. So I'm going to go with Omega as my number one. That's why you got Kronos, Corey. Yep. There you go. There you go. All right, so my number one is Lord Nexus, uh, six-time Galaxian champion, four-time interplanetary champion. He was my initial Galaxian heavyweight champion and held the um, 
held that title for most of my first year. Um, I'm not like my fellow promoters where I count cards or, you know, I'm, I'm not a rankings guy. I'm, I'm more of a, I book by the heart. Um, and, and Nexus is probably my, um, my most sentimental favorite. And, um, you know, in a future episode, we'll talk about tag teams and Nexus will probably be on that list too. And, uh, just a, a great character, a great competitor. He fought, he had a great scientific uh, series with Star Warrior. They traded the belt back and forth, but he also would stand up to Thantos and, you know, uh, take him on. Um, I remember him, who else did he battle? Uh, defeated Wolf for the title, uh, defeated Spike. So it's not like he was knocking off some cream puffs who, you know, rolled, rolled a two on somebody. Um, and, you know, I kind of give him the edge on, on Star Wars just because he faced such a wide variety of uh, competition with with his combined Galaxian and Interplanetary um, Championships. So he is my number one. And I just thought of an awesome question for those of us. So, Stu, we're going to exclude you. No offense. For those of us who stopped playing the Champions line Maybe three or four guys, and this is not like a big soliloquy, just three or four guys that came out that you would have liked to have done something with or were just kind of starting to get their feet under them. So, for example, I'll throw out my folks. Um, Eclipse, Rising Sun was starting to do some stuff for me. Uh, Thunder, um, Bloodline, and I don't think I ever... Yeah, I never used Endgame, but I think I would have enjoyed, you know, doing some stuff with him too, especially that at first special edition card where he was kind of this part-time outside champ thing. I know he got really, you know, huge involved in the Fed history later, but just initially having him as a guy who might have stopped in to defend his title or something would have been cool. So, Corey, what do you think? Um, yeah, you know, I kind of was done about that same time frame. I'm not good with some of the set years again since I you know, played kind of by my own calendar, so to speak. But I think it was about 2115 based on what Stu said, maybe, you know, maybe somewhere in there. But uh, I did use Godsend, the original card. He had a, a, a short interplanetary reign for me near the end. And I was getting into that character a lot. And I just liked him as this just, you know, I didn't play up the magic so much, just but just this kind of evil, diabolical, cocky SOB. And uh, yeah, I liked him. So um, I mentioned uh, as an honorable mention, Uratar. I, I looked up, I forgot that he was actually my last interplanetary champ in addition to having a couple of Galaxian reigns. So I really think he would have been higher on my list had I continued playing. I really can't say enough how much I enjoyed that card. Um, Endgame, I was just starting to do some stuff with him. And I think I mentioned this on an earlier episode where I actually used him in both my GWF and CPC, kind of like floating back and forth, kind of like a as a baby face, but almost a, a hired gun, you know, a tag team partner, somebody needed help one month or or he just wanted to come in for a match against a stud, you know, so he was kind of playing the free agent role and, um, and uh, kind of going back and forth. That was a lot of fun to use that card in that way. Cause he wasn't yet part of the official storyline. So I, I enjoyed having him against a variety of opponent of opponents. Um, Thunder I mentioned was my last Galaxian champ and I'd really like to see how far he would have gone from there. Um, and uh, let's see. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, oh bl- oh bloodline as well. Yeah, I was I was starting to get into bloodline. Um, I just brought in Incubus and I hadn't I didn't get to do as much with him, 
Uh, but but Bloodline, I, I really enjoyed the initial storyline of him being the, the heel member of the Omega family and, and turning against this beloved wrestling family. Um, and then, and, and of course, you know, siding up later on with Cordenas and everything for a while. And uh, I was trying to see, I think Bloodline, I know he held my Galaxian title twice, it looks like. Yeah, he had two, in two shorter reigns. So maybe, maybe he would have had some longer reigns at some point in history, especially I know his second card was, was, was a little bit different. Um, I, was the first card tougher or the second card, Stu, for Bloodline? The first one had triple finishers, I think. Right, right. Uh, I don't use that card because I used, uh, I actually, I used his latter or his last card when he teamed up with the, uh, was it Cyan Nexus he had a tag team with? Yeah. I like that artwork the best, but uh, mm -hmm. I think his first card is probably the toughest because of the triple finishers. Sure, sure. Okay, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, those are some of, some of my picks there. Good question, Chad. You know, very, very good, uh, especially uh, off the cuff. You know, I yeah. know. I mean, I'm firing on all cylinders tonight. Awesome. Keep firing. Keep firing. Tim, firing away at you. What do you got? You know, I, I think a couple guys that were around uh, near the end of the time I stopped playing uh, or was playing. I think Thunder uh, is, is, has been mentioned. I, I would have been fun to kind of see that that card kind of grow and become the, the dominant singles guy. And um, one of the guys I really liked too was Anarchy. When when he first came out, I, I just thought he had a great gimmick. I kind of liked it. I liked the card a lot. I liked the way it worked. Um, as far as some of the more modern guys, I think Godsend would be on my list as well. Um, along with Endgame, I do I especially did like when he came out as that special edition card. Uh, you know that was kind of a cool thing. And I'd probably like to just try Monolith out. You know, I mean, I'd like to see that. I mean, he might be the, you know, kind of the modern day chaos. Um, so I might, uh, you know, I think that would be one that I, I, I would kind of be into. But those would be the guys just off the top of my head without really kind of going back and looking. Uh, those would be the ones that kind of come to mind. So right. I kind of, very good. I, I kind of had a question here. Um, and kind of, you know, related to our top five lists, uh, but were there any guys, you know, kind of the typical top guys, champions that disappointed you as far as, you know, underperformed, underachieved? Um, I, I want to go right away with Star Warrior. I, he never, he had one short Galaxian title reign and that was his original, uh, his, I should say his 2087 card, never held it with the 2090 card. Um, had a decent interplanetary reign with that, with that, uh, 2090 card with the, the role finisher. Um, but he was one that, 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 uh, disappointed me. I mean, he, he had a good win loss record and I kind of thought of him as well. Okay. Like sting and WCW didn't always need the belt or James Jeffries and IPW. Uh, but he, <laughs> but he, uh, but he was just kind of the, one of the top faces without having, having a belt. So that was just one that crossed my mind. Anybody have any, anyone like that you can think of? Let's go to Stu. Uh, I, I do have one. I have since corrected that, uh, but the first go around was alpha force for me. Um, be it his drawing, although one of the drawings finally did click with me. Uh, I think it was a special edition that I liked. Uh, he just didn't seem like he was not getting the traction that I thought he would get. I uh, couldn't get him to get on a, a long run. I had a decent feud with him, which was by the book with chaos. Uh, I need to revisit that to some degree because I think that'd be fun to do. 
Um, but he, he, he just really didn't gain the status that I thought he would gain based upon that card strength. Again, that has since been corrected, and I've had a, a great couple of tours with him, and he's just outside my top five. So uh, as I have gone back and played chrono style, uh, Alpha Force has climbed. But the first go around, it just wasn't working for me. Good question. Thank you. Yeah, one, one that I can think of for me is probably Raven. Uh, I always had hoped coming in from war that, that he would really, I think he had a, a good interplanetary title run for me at one point. But every time I would try to get him and get him into the position for GWF title, he would go in there and, and regardless of who was, I mean, if you're facing chaos, I mean, that's a, that's a tough, tough one there. But um, he just could never seem to get over the hump and just wouldn't perform well in those matches. And so he was one of those guys for me that, that um, just didn't work well. I think Paragon is probably another one that I really kind of wanted to, to go. That was near the end of my, my playing time, but, but he just never really seemed to perform that well for me either. I mean, for me, probably Wolf. He was no great shakes in my fed. Um, and I, I wasn't as enamored with him as, everyone else it seems based on the club galactica super report reviews that we've done um i mean chaos was okay for me i mean same thing with kind of alpha I mean, part of the thing was like those two because they were so much stronger it wasn't as fun i, I don't know I, I it wasn't as fun to use them because if they just go out there and crush people it's like eh, you know i kind of like a competitive match but I'm sure that'll draw hate from the crowd, but that's okay. That's my opinion. And my opinion is allowed to be right. And your opinion is allowed to be right. Unless your opinion involves clubbing baby seals. And that's just not right, fans. Agreed. Okay. Well, I don't know how the hell we got down that road, <laughs> but that's what we do here. So uh, I think it's time to put this dog to bed. Um, and I'm not talking about Stuart. So we'll go around the rooms with some shout outs next week. We're going to have, um, um, uh, I think we're going to have a little surprise uh, guest on our, on the podcast. So we'll get back with our tag teams on episode 49 as we begin the march to one year of this malarkey in episode 52. I've already started uh, putting some feelers out for some fabulous guest stars on episode 52, the likes that have never been seen or may have been already seen on this show. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah, but uh, Corey, why don't you start us out with any shout outs, wrap ups, farewells, fare thee wells, ne'er do wells, whatever you got. I, I'd be happy to do so. Uh, just thanks everybody as always for tuning in and downloading and for commenting on our thread on the discussion board really enjoy hearing from everybody and uh, we want to give some attention to our fellow Phil Singer Games content providers uh, Sam Mike and Todd over at Roll Up the official podcast uh, Grant at the Phil Singer Games fan podcast Grant please 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 keep up your news updates as Chad said I love hearing your perspective on things as a, as a fan and um, I just, you can't stop that. So please, I, I even went so far as to, to go and comment on your YouTube video to, to keep the news coming. So please do. Um, also want to uh, give attention to Steve Tower from After Further Review, uh, Dave Little at Heartland Championship Wrestling, Lee Longfree in the Dizzy Dice Podcast, and Brock, Brock Atkinson and New Dimension Wrestling. So thanks once again for providing so many options for our 
Pilsinger Games promoters. I believe that would be Brock. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's okay. <laughs> All right, Tim. Yeah, no, I, you know, nothing this week, nothing of, of note. Uh, I'm just glad people are still listening uh, to this after so long. I'm kind of shocked by that, but, uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't account for people's taste, I guess. So, um, you know, and with, with COVID, uh, you know, maybe people are bored and they're just sitting around and don't have anything better to do. So, um, but that's okay. And we appreciate it. And I'm glad that uh, people are hanging with us and, and listening to our stuff every, every week. So um, just everybody have a good one. And, uh, and we'll be back with you with a pretty interesting uh, show uh, lined up for next week. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I am too. I meant, I meant to say that. Yeah, this, uh, this guest will be a fun one. I am also looking forward to next week. But before we get to next week, let's end this week. Stu. Uh, two things. Um, if you are a free agent quarterback in the NFL and you are considering uh, applying your trade for the Washington football team, do not come. Those, that is my advice. Alex Smith comes to Washington, career-threatening, essentially almost career-ending injury. Done. Ryan Fitzpatrick, our current hope, through six passes as a hip injury, is now on the shelf with a possible career-ending injury. And we are I, on. I think he might be, I, I, you know, he, I think he might be older than me. So, I mean, that's kind <laughs> He's of. Close. He's and, close. And I, and I believe, actually, he is a client of my former accounting firm. That's uh, even better. Yeah, we have a few we have a few bills floating around and X bills, and I believe we still prepare his uh, his tax returns. Well, he spun a little of his magic in Buffalo for a while, so he did. Um, he did. He's he's he thirty. Was very popular. He was. Uh, he's thirty seven as we speak, uh, and his career may have ended at thirty seven. That remains to be seen. So the legend of Taylor Heineke has begun with the Washington Football Team. We'll see how long it lasts. But I think this team has been cursed ever since 1999 when the current ownership bought it. And I'm yeah. really praying for a winner sometime I, I, before I, I die. So I, <laughs> I, I wish they'd dig up Jack Kent Cook, let him own the team again, and yes. stick, stick him in the booth with the goofy hat and the, the wacky blazer. Please. And all of a sudden, they'd start to win. I think they would, too. Uh, my second shout out is uh, I've had NXT on in the in the uh, background and this ain't your grandfather's NXT. I, I believe we have officially changed direction. As Tim alluded to, the Leroy Neiman color scheme is now part of NXT and it just has a different vibe to it. I won't spoil the I won't spoil by the time this goes goes on. People will know it looks like Ciampa won the NXT championship. Uh, and just doesn't look like the NXT of the last couple of years, which is sad to me, but uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Other than that, I uh, really enjoyed this episode, and good night, Denmark. All right, Stu, I promised you a surprise last week, so I'm going to try to play this. Corey will splice this in um, to the episode, but let me, let me play this little snippet right now. Good evening, fans. Now, I'm in location somewhere in Denmark. Where, where are we exactly? <laughs> I, I don't know where we are, but I'm here with the Faxon Jared Balls, and, and Stuart, he has a special message for you. Just for you, Stu. Good night, Denmark. 
Very good. Thank you. It's our first ever international guest appearance here on Uncharted Territory. Hopefully not the last time that we're going to have the faction on here. Um, we've been catching up. We haven't seen each other in about 20 years. And it's been a, it's been a good time. Uh, good grief. We've been here about two and a half hours shooting the shit in Ames and solving all the world's problems and, and oh, talking about Ames, wrestling. Ames, Denmark. Ames, Denmark. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Nah, okay. Maybe we're keeping it kayfabe. Who, who knows where we are? But... Uh, no, it's been cool to talk to Jared, and, and we'll have him on here in the future. And just want to give you a little something there, Stu. So we'll talk to you later. Chad, Jared, that is fabulous. Jared, that was uh, on point from what I heard in my English to Danish translation. Wonderful. I love the surprise. Uh, I, I, I believe. I believe Ames, Denmark is spelled with two A's and there may be an umlaut in there somewhere. I, oh, there's I'm definitely there's definitely an umlaut. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was so, absolutely fabulous. Awesome. Oh, that was cool. So yeah, so Jared and his wife came back to visit her family. Um, her family actually lives in Ames. I forgot his wife Sherry's family is 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 in Ames. So they hadn't been back in a couple of years with the pandemic, but he messaged me on Facebook and said, Hey, do you want to get together? So we went to a local eatery and drinkery and uh, just visited, uh, you know, talked a lot about the game and stuff. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll have, we'll have the faction on sometime in the near future and, and record some audio with him. Um, but it was good to, good to see somebody. I think we'd figured out we hadn't seen each other since March of 2000 i think is what we decided or that's or, fantastic yeah march of 2000 so um yeah awesome. super cool so i i that's that's been in the works for a little bit so i just wanted to tease you with a bit of surprise but um i'm, I'm glad you could hear that that was great um and i just want to take a minute to thank everybody who took time to listen to our show and leave some comments, um, whether it's through Facebook or Facebook, the discussion board messages or on the discussion board thread itself. So Sinestro 24, uh, the faction, speaking of Jared, uh, Matt Dickendesher, Pariah, and thank you again for your kind words and your daughter's very wise uh, comment. Uh, Dustin, Kevin the Butcher, Jay, Emperor Norton, and Mike Molesky. And that, my friends, is all I got and all we have. So we're going to wrap this thing up, put a bow on it, and wish you all a good night. I hope you all stay safe. And, uh, yeah, be excellent to everybody. Take care, everyone. Hey, promoters, it's Corey again. Just a reminder that we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, or topic suggestions for Uncharted Territory, please leave us an audio message. You can go to anchor.fm backslash Corey hyphen Olson five. That's C-O-R-Y hyphen O-L-S-O-N, the number five. Click the message button and record a one minute message. Or you can email your question or audio question to our email address, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. That's utpodcast and the numbers 2020 at gmail.com. We might include your content in a future episode of Uncharted Territory.